some fun. Now I gotta take it to a different level. This is a different level. The thing that makes you guys special is you never quit. We deserve to win this game. Make history. Make history. We kinda all wanted to be in the one shining moment video. One, two, three! Yeah. And let's get going. The ball is Welcome to the seventh episode of the Baseline Banter Podcast. I'm your host, Roby, alongside my co-host, Ben Callsbeek and Connor Beltman. We're only a few days away from the first tip-off of the NCAA tournament, so we figured we'll start this week's episode taking a look at each region and giving us, giving you guys our uh, predictions and what we think is going to happen. So we'll start it off with the West region, where the number one, overall number one seed, Gonzaga, is playing in. Um, first glance, from what I noticed, Gonzaga has beat the number two seed, number three seed, and number four seed uh, in this region during the regular season. Stomped on Virginia by 23 points, beat Kansas by 12, and then beat Iowa by 10. Yeah, I think it's pretty safe to say that Gonzaga will come out of the first round without a doubt a win versus Norfolk State or Appalachian State. Um, I think I'm going to go even farther, and I have Gonzaga coming out of this whole, uh, the whole west side of the bracket. I don't think anybody there is going to stop them, so I think they're going to be in my final four. Yeah, I would say that the selecting committee really made it pretty easy for Gonzaga to get to the top, probably, or get to. Mm, I would even go as far as to say they made it pretty easy for them to make it to the Elite Eight. I mean, yeah, Oklahoma and Missouri are probably aren't compared to like North Carolina, Wisconsin, LSU. Uh, those eight and nine seeds aren't the greatest. And then, yeah, five, number five, Creighton, and then number four, Virginia. Neither of those are very good five or four seeds. So they have a pretty pretty smooth sail to the Elite Eight, I would say. I think uh, I think people could maybe say, I mean, I think Oklahoma could maybe give Gonzaga a run for their money just for, like, strength of schedule-wise because, like, Oklahoma was going up against Baylor, West Virginia, Texas, Kansas, all those teams. And probably the best team that Gonzaga played all year in their conference was BYU. Yeah, um, I would say okay, Beltman. Who do you think who do you think is coming out of this uh, region? Uh, I mean, I I think Gonzaga is easily capable of coming out of this division, but um, I think yeah, I think it's just gonna be a one, two, or three that comes out of this division, whether it's Gonzaga, Iowa, or Kansas, but I mean, yeah, crazy things could happen in March. I mean, for all we know, maybe a team like Oregon might come out and make it to the Final Four, just shit like that. So, if you had to choose one team, who are you picking? Gonzaga. I mean, they're still the, probably the best team in that uh, division. Yeah, I think I think that's a safe bet. I think they, but I. I think they're 26 and 0, haven't lost yet. Haven't had a real test since probably uh, November. November, December. And 
I'm going to say I'm going to rock with my boys. Kansas, if they get back to full strength, are winning this region. Obviously, some stuff going on there. Arriving in Indianapolis without their two starters, Jalen Wilson and uh, David McCormick, and then a role player, Tristan and Aruna, with uh, some COVID restrictions. And Aruna and McCormick didn't play in the game against Oklahoma, but they were able to get a win in that game before they had to exit the Big 12 tournament. But yeah, I think Kansas always responds to adversity well. And if USC sneaks away with a game against either Wichita State and Drake, I think Kansas matches up pretty well against them. It's just going to be playing Iowa and then Gonzaga. But, yeah, I think Kansas has a chance. I think it, they've had a bad year. People are doubting them, calling them frauds, but I think, I think they'll show what they're made of. I mean, Iowa definitely has a chance of making it out of this region. I mean – they when they play well they play well i mean but their history in this bracket is not good based on how far they go and just because of that i don't think they're going to make it out of this region and i agree with you rob if it wasn't gonzaga it'd be kansas all right uh yeah you can go you can go belts if you got something well i mean I think uh, some of these games are obviously like givens, like Iowa, Grand Canyon. I mean, I hope that game's at least a given. Hopefully we don't piss it down our leg in the first round. But, I mean, not to be biased or anything, but I still think if Iowa shoots well and they play good offensively, I still think that they're one of the biggest offensive threats in college basketball. And this division isn't as hard as, like, some of the other divisions, like – I would rather be in a division with a one-seed Gonzaga than a one-seed Illinois. But, yeah, that's just my opinion. Yeah, I think this is out – of all the, out of all the regions, I'd say this is probably the most cupcake region out of all of them. Yeah. Um, so, dark horses in this region. Maybe Cinderella stories who you guys got. Um, I'm going to roll with Oregon. Just because, uh, I don't know, their conference is kind of weak. And, I mean, I don't know. I feel like they'd be a team to uh, at least make the Sweet 16 or Elite 8. Okay. Uh, I think Creighton, if they get back to uh, playing some of their same ball when they were hot, I think that they could have a chance of maybe getting to the Elite Eight or Sweet Sixteen, but it really depends. I think, I think in that second round game, round of thirty-two, I think we're going to be seeing UC Santa Barbara and Ohio playing each other. I think both of those Big East teams, or no, sorry, Creighton. I think you never know what you're going to get out of them, but I, I don't know. I think UC Santa Barbara and yeah, Ohio are both teams. That 413, 5-12 is always always there's always some type of upset about that. But my dark horse, I'm gonna go with Ohio. Uh they beat the Buffalo Bulls in by 15 in the MAC conference tournament. So they got the automatic bid. We're a five seed in their conference tournament, so they're playing really well right now. And then 
Virginia's coming off of a COVID pause, and their whole whole team won't travel to Indianapolis until Friday, and they play Saturday. So that's going to be a big factor in, in it, I think. And I think as long as Ohio doesn't run into Gonzaga, I could they may go as far as the Elite Eight just because I think they could beat an Oklahoma, Missouri. All right. You see, what other upsets are you seeing in this bracket? This region, I could maybe see VCU upset Oregon, but I'm, I don't know what conference VCU comes out of. But usually, they always kind of bring a solid team to March Madness. Yeah, they they've had some their fair share of upsets and beaten big time teams. I remember maybe two thousand like Shaka Smart. Yeah, that 2010, 2012. I don't know what year it was when they beat Kansas and. The Sweet 16. Um, but I think that the winner of the Wichita State or Drake game beat, ends up beating USC. Uh, yeah, especially Wichita State. I think Wichita State is kind of like VCU too. Like Wichita State can sometimes bring a pretty good team. Like back when they had like Fred Van Vliet and uh, the Ron, Baker guy. Yeah, the, Ron Baker. Yeah, Ron Baker. I think – that was a pretty solid Wichita State team that year in March Madness. Yeah, yeah, with their new interim coach and all the good things going on over there, I I have them winning. I mean, of all the brackets I've filled out, I've had them going past the first round. Yeah, I haven't had you – know, all my brackets I've filled out, I haven't had USC winning. And, yeah, Wichita State has wins over Houston and Ole Miss, so they can beat – big time schools and I US we give a lot of shit to Houston but I would say that Houston is probably a better team than USC. All right. Moving to the South region. Um my first probably my first uh glance at this I would say the winner of the second round matchup between Texas Tech and Arkansas is Elite Eight bound. I can't see a Florida Virginia Tech or for sure not those two teams. And then I can maybe I can maybe see Ohio State beating them. But other than that, I think Arkansas or Texas Tech will be in the Elite Eight. Yeah, I think that's a pretty safe bet. Um yeah, Ohio State doesn't Ohio State kind of has a cakewalk. I mean, they play uh Oral Roberts and then they put they would play Virginia Tech or Florida in the Round of 32 game, which uh, I think Florida, they didn't really do that much this year in the SEC, and Virginia Tech really didn't do that much this year in uh, the ACC. And I think, yeah, they have a pretty easy way to the uh, Sweet 16 at least, but I think Arkansas could give them uh, some trouble. I don't know. Um, I think or. Or Roberts, even though they're a 15 seed, they did they played amazing in the Summit League tournament. They won that whole thing as a four seed in their conference. Um and them punching a ticket, I I I wouldn't be surprised if they they did something here, honestly. Every couple of years we have a two two seed get knocked off. So two and a fifteen. Yep. If, we'll if they were up. my 15 seed to advance, it'd be Oral Roberts. 
I don't need to have that on my mind of every year or every once in a while, <laughs> 15 beats of two. I last thing I need I to do need... is I, last thing I need to do is have or last thing I need to have is Iowa losing to Grand Canyon University in the fucking first round. <laughs> hey, I, I'm not I wouldn't be too worried about Grand Canyon, but you never know what's gonna honestly, happen. Honestly. But yeah, if I if they play their cards right and Ohio State has one of their games where they play bad and they usually sometimes have those games, I I think out of all fifteen seeds like really low seeds, I think they're the team to get a huge upset. Yeah. Um, all right. So who you guys have coming out of this region? Um, I I definitely have Arkansas coming out besides Baylor, but probably most likely Baylor. Yeah, I'd have to agree with Ben on that one too. Just for the fact that, like, this is kind of a weaker year of college basketball. So I feel like in March Madness, there's probably going to be probably a majority of one seeds in the Final Four. Yeah, and Baylor, they, I mean, they have they have uh, some experience with Jared Butler, Masio Teague, stuff like that. But yeah, and they're coming off of a loss to Oklahoma State, so they're pretty pissed off. They just got to get things figured out. I can see it being a pretty easy ride to the Elite Eight as long as they don't play North Carolina. I think North Carolina is pretty much the only team in that top the top section of the South region that's athletic enough to hang with them just because it's Wisconsin, Villanova, Winthrop, Purdue. I, those teams don't scream athleticism like Baylor no, does. No, they don't. Kind of, I mean, uh, Wisconsin hasn't beaten a good team in weeks. Weeks. They 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 started off hot, but yeah, they're not playing as high caliber as they were earlier in the season. And Villanova with Gillespie out, I'd, they're not going to go far either. So it's pretty I, much I a actually, cakewalk for Baylor. I actually have a Villanova losing first round to Winthrop. I think uh, having Colin Gillespie out, they're guard i think that just leaves jeremiah robinson earl to carry the load and i don't think he's capable of bringing them far or having him or having them win a game in march madness yeah that's my uh dark horse of this region the winthrop they've lost one time all year obviously they're playing in like the big south or something maybe i think whatever conference that is but losing one time is pretty respectable and yeah, Villanova without all-star point guard Colin Gillespie. And I don't know. I think I think Winthrop could beat a Purdue team as well. It's because Purdue's been in, in and out of the top twenty-five for almost the whole year, and they haven't really shown me anything too special. I think uh, kind of going to like the dark horse topic. I think uh, I think Texas Tech could be a pretty. Or I think Texas Tech could be a dark horse in this. Uh, Division just for the fact that uh, they play in a pretty they play in the in the second or first best conference and I think yeah they're a pretty solid team with Mac McClung yeah and I think if they can get to the elite eight and I'm most likely they're gonna phase Baylor there that'll be Baylor has to beat them three times and like you said that's being a team three times is the hardest thing to do in sports yeah. 
Um, I mean, and yeah, I mean, and Chris Beard, he's he's had a lot of success in March Madness, bringing yep. his team to the championship. Yeah, championship. I thought they lost in the final four, but yeah, they went to the championship. Um, upsets, you guys. It's pretty cut and dry, but yeah, I think maybe Ohio State losing to yeah losing at some point. Other than that, I don't see too many upsets besides maybe Winthrop over Villanova. I think a a possible upset that we could maybe see is maybe like a Virginia Tech or Florida team that beats Ohio State in the round of 32. That could be an upset, but yeah. Yeah, also maybe a shot in the dark is North Carolina beating Baylor. Yeah, it's definitely like – North Carolina can play. It's just, yeah, I could definitely. I don't think it will happen, but I could, I could see it happening. I think uh, North Carolina definitely has the talent up there with Baylor, or like close. But I think it's just like teammate chemistry. I don't think that like they've played with each other for like the long enough time to have like that really good like teammate chemistry. Because Baylor, I mean Mitchell and. Mitchell, Masio Teague, and Butler have been doing it for a long time now. Mm-hmm. All right. Going down to the Midwest region. Uh, in my opinion, I think the national champions coming out of this uh, this region. Yeah, I would have to agree. Uh, I think, yeah, I think Illinois is definitely a team that has a high percentage of winning the national title this year just uh, for the fact that they have they easily have like the best one two punch in college basketball with Osumu and uh Cogburn and then uh Fraser's another stud guard. We've been talking about those three a lot this year for and Cur- Illinois. Curbello's even stepped up recently yeah, too. Curbello's he's athletic and he's 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 really darn good. Uh yeah, and then you add teams like Oklahoma State, West Virginia. You can put you can maybe put Houston in there. I, I wouldn't put them in there, but I think those three teams are all can compete against anybody. In fact, if I had to say for an upset, I think if if Rutgers come out on the first round, I think that they can beat uh, Houston, just just for the fact of uh, Houston's or uh, the Rutgers are actually a really good team skill wise with like Ron Harper, Geo Baker, Montez Mathis, but uh, it's kind of like the same problem that North Carolina faces. They just don't really have like good teammate chemistry. So who do you think is coming out of this region? Illinois without a doubt. Yeah, definitely Illinois. I'm going to, I, but it's good. Yeah. I think in this region, it's going to be, the Sweet 16 to Elite, Elite that's going to be a dog fight. I think yeah, this is definitely, yeah, it's definitely I, I'm the most say talented. Il- the Illinois versus Oklahoma State matchup, I think, is going to be. That's I think that team's going to get into the ch- championship, if not one at all. I mean, Oklahoma State just beat Baylor, played Texas to a to five points in the Big Twelve. Uh, championship Cade Cunningham knows his draft stock can rise if he plays well they have I mean they have nothing to lose with I mean they went into the season not even knowing if they're going to be able to qualify for the tournament they got in 
they don't know. Yeah, anything can happen. They're playing with nothing to lose. I think they're going to be I a think, real dangerous team. Kind of like advanced like way too far, but uh, I think you could possibly see a Big Ten championship matchup because I think I think Michigan is fully capable of beating Gonzaga if those two match up in the Final Four, and then yeah, Illinois. I think it could. Yeah, I think it easily be an Illinois Michigan championship. Yeah, uh, I don't like showing love to the Big Ten. You know that. Yeah. So I'm going to say, yeah, it could happen. I don't want it to happen, but I think it could happen. There's a good possibility. I don't like seeing the one versus one matchup because there's no I just feel like story. A, but I just feel like I feel like there could definitely be just like one Big Ten, one Big Ten team on that in the national title. Yeah, I think so, too. I mean, there two of them are. I mean, four of four teams are one or two seeds. So, yeah, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how many teams, how many Big Ten teams make like the Sweet Sixteen and the Elite Eight. How how many of them make that? Like like you said, Connor, I think Rutgers playing in such a hard conference, they definitely have a high capability of beating Houston second round. Yeah. I mean, I think that this year's March Madness bracket is either going to be all one season in the Final Four or you're going to see a lot of goofed-up teams in the Final Four. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, when you but think that's that, also with every that's also with every year of March Madness, I guess. When you think it's uh, all chalked up to be no upsets, it's going to be when hell breaks loose and there's going to be upsets all over. Honestly, like two years ago, it was what, Auburn? Was Auburn a five-seed? or? Yeah, they were a five-seed. They made no, the final four. They were four, weren't they? They beat they five four, or four. Were, seed, but... Yeah, because they because I want to say they were a five seed because they beat Kansas. Who's and... a twelve seed? No, no, they were they were Auburn was five, Kansas was four, or is the other way around? But yeah, that Auburn team though, I remember that Auburn team. They were fucking good. <laughs> oh. What? What? You was that? Tw- that would be twenty nineteen, right? Twenty eighteen. Yeah. 2019 it was 2019 with texas tech and virginia oh like okay yeah i meant 2018 to 2019 my bad oh shit <laughs> all right saying in this region who's who's coming out dark horse cinderella story here i'm gonna roll with syracuse that's my dark horse i think they're highly capable of beating san diego state and yeah, maybe being West Virginia, who knows? Yeah, I think Syracuse, that's that's my dark horse too. The, yeah, they're a lot of people love San Diego State. They're playing in the Mountain West, which I don't yeah. But Bayheim been in these tournaments constantly his whole coaching career, has his kid buddy playing for him. And I think their zone is pretty tough to adjust to. And if they can get past SDSU. I could see them playing a really close game with West Virginia just because they'll be able to slow down their fast-paced offense. Yeah. I think uh, my dark horse, we've been kind of hating on the SEC this year, but I think Tennessee, it's just like, I mean, it's kind of like, it depends like what like they bring to like the table. Like they've played like hot a couple games this year, but then they've also played like absolute dog water. I think 
if they get hot, I think that, that they could be a sweet 16 team, but I can also see them going out in the first round if they play bad. Yeah, they, they're one of those teams that's like, yeah, they're either on their shit or they are off of it. But I, I, I have Oregon State upsetting them just because, yeah, they, they're that team that you never know what you're going to get out of them. And they're, they could potentially be without John Fulkerson, who we got a concussion uh, in their game against Florida in the SEC quarterfinal. And then Oregon State's coming off winning the Pac-12. They beat a pretty good Colorado team. So it'll be an inter- interesting game, but I think Oregon State's going to come out of that. Moving on to the last region, the East region, Michigan number one seed. I would say the selection committee definitely did a good job of making sure that Michigan has the hardest path to the final four compared to all the other one seeds just because – yeah, they have the number one, four seed, number one, three seed. Uh, yeah. Probably I, the number one, not, five seed, in my yeah. opinion. Yeah. They all have a pretty tough, tough schedule ahead of them. They got to win one game at a time. But I think, I think Florida State's coming out of this, this region just because they're super tall. Super athletic. I think that their physical their physical attributes are going to take them a, a long ways until maybe they meet up with Michigan, and that's going to be a pretty close game. I think a team that could actually possibly come out of this division is Texas. With their they have pretty decent length with Brown and Sims, but then they also have really good guard play between Matt Coleman and uh, Andrew Jones. I think between the between that backcourt and then yeah, like I said, Greg Brown and Sims, I think they have a high possibility of going to the lead eight, if not a final four. What about you, Bennett? Yeah, I don't know. Um you can't really automatically punch your ticket with Michigan this year. I don't know. They're they're kind of a hard team to pass along. I agree with you, Belts. I think Texas definitely has a high chance of making it past. I don't see Alabama. I think, mm, yeah, I think I'm gonna agree with you. I think Texas is coming out of this. Yeah, I mean the way that Michigan ended their regular season in the Big Ten, they didn't end on a high note, and then they lost in the quarterfinals too. Ohio State. So, I mean, they're on a slump right now, but if they have a week to prepare, I think that they can get back into their selves. Honestly, this is the region where it could be anybody. Yeah. Like, I think I, I think Florida State could come out. Heck. And then... I'm calling it right here. I think UConn could come out of this, and they're a seventh seed. That's my uh, dark horse. I... I think they can definitely come out too. But I think I think Michigan State could be my dark horse. They ended their season on a really good note by beating Michigan, Ohio State. And then I mean they didn't really do that good in the Big Ten tournament, but I think 
it's still Tom Izzo, and they're still a pretty good talent. So I think they could possibly be a Cinderella. Yeah, Michigan State, UCLA, two blue bloods in a playing game is you, you don't see, see that, that every year. year. No. <laughs> uh, yeah, and then yeah, the Wichita State Drake game is also going to be really interesting. In fact, I don't know if I've ever seen that at all. I don't think I've ever seen a, two blue bloods play in for a game. Um, as for his upsets, you guys are rocking with Texas. I I think this could be the team that gets upset. Abilene Christian, they're in Texas. You've we've seen three seeds fall in the tournament in the first round before. Uh, I think they're gonna be looking for blood against their big brother. Yeah. And then I can also see Georgetown coming out of the Big East, winning the Big East tournament, beating Colorado. Patrick Ewing's first tournament as a coach. They're playing really well at the time, winning the Big East tournament at eight seed. And then, so they've been riding the Cinderella story for a long time. I think they have no plans of hopping off. Yeah, this region is really weird because. Uh, Four out of the six of the teams that I picked to win each conference are in this region with Colorado, Florida State, Michigan, UConn. I mean, they're all in there. So I don't know who to choose, really. Because I don't know. None of and none of them won the conference. So that's the thing. It's March. I think uh I think an upset that I might take is LSU maybe in Michigan in the second round. Because, I mean, LSU ain't bad. They have uh, – I remember his name. They have – I'm pretty sure that his name is Javante Smart. Yeah. He's a, he's a pretty good guard. And they have uh, Sharif O'Neal. Wow, yeah. I don't think he's doing much this year for LSU. Yeah, Sharif O'Neal. Javante Smart, Trenton Watford, all those guys. Uh, speaking of those guys, let's end the episode with our guys of the week. Um, Beltman, you go first. Uh, so my guy of the week is uh, Dwayne Washington from Dwayne Washington Jr. from Ohio State. He had uh, 32 points in the championship game against. Illinois, and he obviously carried the backpack for Ohio State. Just couldn't get the job done. He had more than just one game this week, too. I think uh, I want to say he went like 32, 32, and like 20 in the tournament. They played. Yeah, he's been he's been playing really good this year. In fact, he's probably Ohio State's best player. Him, him, probably him or EJ Liddell. Yeah. Uh, talked about Georgetown earlier. My guy of the week is Javon Blair, uh, bench player for Georgetown, but uh, came off the bench to help them win that Big East tournament. Scored 20 again in their first round against Marquette, 14 in their quarterfinal against Villanova, scored nine in their semifinal against Seat Hall. And then 18 in their final against Creighton. So 
Yeah. He really helped Georgetown punch their ticket in because there's no way they would have been uh, – there's no way they would have found themselves in the tournament if it wasn't for him playing so well. All right. Uh, going back to that Dwayne Washington, he had 32 in the championship, and then he had 24 versus Michigan in the game before, and then he had 20 in the game before the Michigan game versus Purdue. So he's had 20-plus points and three tournament games. All right, B calls. Who's your uh, guy of the week? Uh, my guy of the week is Alabama's Jaden Shackleford. He had uh, 21 points, five rebounds, and four assists in their win in the SEC tournament against LSU. And even though I've been, I haven't called him a fraud all season. They do have a high chance of making it, <laughs> making it out of that region in the bracket. They got very strong teammate chemistry and lots of things going their way. Only six losses on the season, so yep. yeah, that'll be a that'll be a fun coaching matchup in that first round game with uh, Nate Oates going against coaching legend Rick Pitino for Iona. So that'll be really fun to watch. Up and coming basketball coach with against going up against a legend. Uh, so that should be this week's episode. As a podcast, we're uh, running a tournament challenge. So find that on Twitter, follow us, join the challenge, and you could potentially win some baseline banter merch. All right. We'll see you guys later.